the shortest sermon ever preached was preached by Peter Odanga. It took me exactly nine minutes and I was done. And I Good morning, church. First of all, I want to apologize for my wonderful accent. <laughs> all the way from Africa, Kenya. And as I open the, my notes, uh, because I'll start with a presentation uh, of what the Lord is doing back in Kenya. And uh, yes, I think I have a clicker here. Yes, we're good. Um, I come from the country of Kenya. This is East Africa. And uh, Kenya is known mainly for two things, long distance runners. Uh, we do very well in that marathon runners. And we also export a lot of tea and coffee. But besides that, um, uh, something about Kenya is the safari. If you come even for a mission trip, we believe it's God's will for you to go for a safari. <laughs> so all of you are welcome. Well, uh, uh, oh, let's go back a bit, the first one. So that's my family, Philip, my wife Judy, and uh, Fanice. This is a very old picture. My son is turning 16. My daughter is turning 12. The reason we could not come with them is after COVID happened, the school a calendar has changed, so it was not possible for me to bring them here, but they send their greetings and uh, they are doing well. And so I serve with Word of Life and uh, we are involved in a number of ministries and I thought it's very important that I come to report. Uh, discipleship is at our heart and the reason is we target young students who've cleared high school and we spend with them some time getting them to know the word of God, the basics, before we send them to the university. So we prepare them for life, and we also prepare them for college. And uh, it's been exciting. We have two properties. One is in Mombasa, the coast of Kenya. That's why you can see the palm trees at the back. And the other one is in Nairobi. That's the capital city of, uh, of Kenya. And uh, we just have seen the Lord do an amazing job. The lady who is smiling, uh, has an amazing story. We've, she came to one of our camps and uh, very confused. She was even suicidal, about to take her life. And uh, amazing, after giving her life to Christ in the camp, she also decided to come and join the disciple, schools, uh, disciple school and her life was totally changed and uh, her testimony is amazing. So those are some of the testimonies we, we are thanking God for as we see God work around the world. We believe that the most effective tool in reaching young people in Africa is camping ministry. Many parents have told us that when the kids came to camp, they were not only, they did not only come out independent, confident, but they were able to make some decisions of their own. Lives are changed through camping ministry. We hold camps on both our properties, Nairobi and uh, Mombasa, but we also do a lot of satellite camps. We go to the villages, we bring young people together, we use a church, and we are able to run a camp. And uh, it's amazing to see what the Lord has been able to do through the years. So it is a very effective ministry uh, to see how young people come to know the Lord through camping ministry. Besides camping ministry, we believe in networking and partnering with the local church. As our goal is the discipleship 
and uh, evangelism of young people. We believe they need to be integrated in the local church. We believe that that's the only way they can be best equipped. So we, we work with pastors, we train youth pastors, we, we, and we network with them, and it has been amazing. We do this both in the city and in the villages, and the impact has been amazing uh, to see what the Lord has been doing uh, in Kenya through this ministry. Uh, and then we have an amazing thing that the Lord did for us. Where our camp is in Mombasa is mainly a town that is 90% Islam. Most of the people there are Muslims. And because we have a Christian academy, a school that is Christian, and we, do, we share Christian values, we change nothing. Some of the Muslims bring their kids to our school. The reason is they want their children to get good education. They are also very keen with the values, but we don't change anything. And so part of the, the support that we get, we give scholarships for kids to come to camp. And guess what? Some of the best kids who get scholarships are from the Muslim family. And so it's been an amazing tool to see how the Lord has used the Christian school to, to equip and to, to be effective in reaching young people. I, I brought one magazine back there, I'll leave it here so you can go through and just see how effective this is uh, using Christian school. And then besides that, we have a big vision, a giant size vision. Um, we just, Kenya just turned 50, celebrated its 50 years since we started youth ministry and working in Kenya with young people. But it will be interesting for you to know that we have 47 counties in Kenya. And over the years we've been trying and we've been in three, four uh, counties, but now our strategy has changed. Our strategy is to get in all the 47 counties to establish our presence, to train young people, to do evangelism and discipleship. There is no way we are going to do this without partnering with churches, the same thing we are doing. We believe in local church ministry, training them and going where they are. So that's our vision. And uh, right now we are already in 15 counties and uh, we are trusting God to do even more. And we know by his grace, uh, we are able to, we are going to do this. And not only that, uh, I was here and I was privileged to watch Super Bowl the other day. I did not understand many things, but I knew it was Super Bowl. It was, there's, there's a lot happening. I picked a team, and fortunately, my team won. Uh, <laughs> Africa is big in sports, very big. Uh, one of the things I love doing is cycling. I'm a cyclist. And uh, back there, the team of cyclists you're seeing is random, it's a community. Most of them are Muslims, and we have a group of 250. And I am, because I'm part of the team, I've been given about 30 young people. It's random. And because they call me a life coach, it's been amazing how I've been able to impart in their lives and using that opportunity. So I'm using that for the glory of God. And not only that, uh, soccer, soccer is very big. But we don't just do soccer for the sake of doing it. We do it and we use it as a discipleship tool. We present the gospel uh, after the game is going on and that's, that's one of the places we are doing that and it has been amazing to see literally thousands and thousands of young people come to the Lord. 
And so these are part of the things that we are doing. But uh, <clears throat> I want you to know there's much more happening behind the scenes that will excite you. And I'll be here for part of the time so that uh, for lunch and uh, we can share more. I can explain more about what you're doing with the Muslim ministry. I can explain more what is happening with the sports ministry. And I'm here till Thursday uh, in town. So if you would want us, me to share with you more, I'd love to do that. And... Uh, let me start by saying thank you, Cornerstone Church. Thank you so, so much. On my behalf, my family, and the other 68 staff members, missionaries, local missionaries, serving under Word of Life Kenya. And this is why. Over the years, there have been a lot of challenges. Some churches, even because of financial constraints, had to drop some missionaries. But you have stood with us all through this time. Can you just clap for yourself? We really, really appreciate what you've been doing, and may God bless you. And so the purpose of this, uh, this trip this time, as much as we could not come as a family, is we are, I'm going around uh, looking for more prayer partners. We need more prayer partners because if we are going to reach 47 counties and we are also praying about getting into Tanzania, we need prayer partners. We do not only need prayer partners to get in 47 counties and also uh, Tanzania, but we've been praying and uh, we've been asking God. We have countries that are war-torn. Somalia is just on top of Kenya and then South and Sudan. And we've been asking the Lord, how can we reach these people? And guess what? All the refugees are now in our country. And so we want to reach Somalia and Southern Sudan through Kenya. And so we need prayer partners. We don't just want to go that way. And we are also praying that uh, we'll get more partners to give because traveling takes money, uh, sharing the gospel takes money. Souls are very, very expensive. So that's why we, 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 we come and we, we are praying that you'll be part of this. So feel free to talk to us. At the back there, we have some brochures that are put there. There's one like this at the back that you can pick, and it has all our information. Anything you'd want to do and to know about us is in there. And we also have another sign-up sheet. Uh, just, I'm just concerned about this part. If you can write your detail, you receive our prayer letters, you'll receive... Uh, anything you need from us. So uh, we thank God for that. And like I said, I'm around so we can talk and you can ask me more questions and I'd be glad to share with you. Let's just pray uh, before we open the word of God and um, uh, wrap this uh, session together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for these brothers and sisters in the Lord and thank you for how they've been faithful standing with us as we share the gospel in the continent of Africa and specifically Kenya. I pray now that, Lord, you use your word this morning. Speak, I pray. Speak from heaven. Speak from the pulpit. Speak to the basement of our hearts. Word of God, speak. And in your name we pray. Amen. If you have a copy of your Bible, Turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew. We will focus on chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, and I'll read from verses 35 through 37. Matthew chapter 9, verses 30, 
5, the Bible says, And Jesus went about the cities and the villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Verse 36, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. This morning I just want to ask to reflect and if I was to give a title, it would be Moved But Not Moving. Moved But Not Moving. You'd identify with that because uh, sometimes it's very easy to say, oh, that was a moving story, but you do not act on it. And it's very natural for us to be there. And my challenge today is that all of us would be able to move. The text that uh, has been read in our hearing starts by saying, and Jesus went about the cities and the villages. The cities and the villages. Please note that he was moved and he, he, there was also a balance. He moved in the cities and the villages. I submit to us this morning that missions is not only across the sea. Missions is across the street. And missions is across the seat. Be a missionary every day. We need not only to be moved by a sermon, but we need to be moving. You see, not only people who hear, but we're also doers, and that's important. The challenge with the church today, and I see this in Africa. I don't know about the US, but I see this in Africa. The church is busy reaching the church. That's not the Great Commission. Go ye and make disciples of all nations and all tribes. So we need to understand that missions is not only across the sea. It's across the street. And you know what? It's also across the seat. Wherever you are, you need to be a missionary. Tony Evans said this, and it's interesting. He said, the health of any church is not marked by how many people fill the pews, but how many people are in service. And so that means we should be people who are involved, moved but not moving. That is not a good thing. Verse 36 kind of explains to us on what happens when we are moved and we are moving. Verse 36 says, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. I like that. He was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. I did a study on that word, compassion, and compassion actually is the picture of being broken from inside. It's, it's, it's something that happens to you and you can't be settled until you do something about it. 
I submit to us uh, this morning, church, that as much as we are seated here and as much as we thank God for how many of us are involved in supporting missions, America is a forgotten mission field. And God is counting on you and you and you and you and you to be involved. Moved, but not moving. The only thing that will make us move is because you are broken from inside. When you are moved with compassion, you begin to see. Your eyes are opened, your, your heart is opened, and you begin to see things differently. So Jesus was moved with compassion. And when he was moved with compassion, he started seeing things differently. Bible says in verses 35, please note carefully, and Jesus went about the cities and the villages. What did he go doing? Teaching in the synagogues. What else? Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And what else? Healing every sickness and disease. Three words for us to remember. When you are moved, you'll do them. It's teaching, preaching, and healing. Let's start with the first one. What did he do? He started preaching. Why? Because the moment you're moved with compassion, you begin to see a church, the world as a church without a preacher. And you're moved to preach. You see, gathering a crowd isn't that difficult. It's what we do with the crowd that makes all the difference. For too long, we've been crowd gathers rather than disciple makers. I submit to you that this morning, we have thousands and thousands of people gathered in churches like this, but they are not going to hear the gospel. The word of God is not going to be opened. I go to schools and we are privileged to go to public schools to share the gospel. We went to this one amazing school and the reason I went to the school is because my brother was, was admitted there in high school and the leaders of the school are called Christian Union leaders, that's the teachers. And so as we are interacting with the teacher, I'm sharing my testimony, the teacher tells me, oh, that's good. Why don't you, because you're spending over, why don't you come and preach to my children, to the students tomorrow? I say, man, that's a good idea. I was a young believer in Christ. So I go and then I ask myself, what did you just get yourself into? <laughs> and so I go study, try to do everything. I couldn't sleep at night and then the time came. Thank God I had notes from my pastor from the previous Sunday in my Bible. So I looked at them and I went and shock on me. I thought it was five, 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 12, 13 students. It was a big hall, 800 young boys singing and the, the tune is ugly and, and they are waiting to hear the preacher. So I looked at them, I'm sweating and I didn't know what to do. I went on the pulpit and I asked the preacher, how much time do I have? He said, today is Sunday, you can go on as much as you want. <laughs> the shortest sermon ever preached was preached by Peter Odanga. It took me exactly nine minutes and I was done. And I, I looked at everyone, I said, I'm done. And then I remembered my pastor would always make an invitation. So I made an invitation and 42 hands went up. Amen. Two amazing things about the 42 hands. One was my brother's hand. The story doesn't end there. We walk, we go to the closet and the teacher is asking me, 
So please just explain to me one more time. I saw you making an invitation. The way you explain the gospel is not the way I understand it. Just explain it to me. I explain it to him and he says, well, I think I might not be saved. Please pray with me. Preaching the word of God. This world is like a church without a preacher. We need to preach. What does he do? He went about teaching. Why? Because this world is like a school without a teacher. That word teach is the word didasco. Didasco simply means to make clear. All of you sit under the authentic teaching of the word of God. And yes, you can make it clear across the sea. You can make it clear across the street. You can make it clear to someone across the seat. It's very possible. Just making the word of God clear. Don't confuse the gospel. Don't complicate the gospel. Don't compromise the gospel. Why? Because it's like a school without a teacher. This world is like a church without a preacher. And we need to be involved. You see, it is far easier to occupy our time working on the kingdom than it is to spend with the king. We need to study the word. We need to teach. We need to make it clear. And that will make a very big difference. Jesus went about not only preaching, teaching, but finally healing the sick. So why? Because he saw the world as a hospital without a doctor. And you see, if you look at Luke chapter 5, verses 31 to 32, he answers the Pharisees and he tells them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. There's a more terrible sin. There's a more terrible sickness than physical healing. And that's the condition of hearts of children, of men, of women, of people who run the legislature and they want to change what God intended us to do. They support things like abortion. There's a more deeper sickness. And people need the Lord. And it's our responsibility to know, to start having compassion. And this compassion will make us to see things differently. Why? Because it will make us to see the world as a church without a preacher, a school without a teacher, and a hospital without a doctor. People need the Lord. People are sick, headed to a Christless eternity. And heaven is counting on you and you and you and you and you and you and me. Why? Because it's only us who can make the difference. He went about healing the sick. People are sick in need of a savior. And God is counting on us to do that. People are starving spiritually. Indoctrination. They need the Lord. One time after we preached in a church, a lady came to me and said, Thank you so much for staying true to the word of God. I said, what do you mean? He said, there's been a lot of motivational speaking on the pulpit. Nothing wrong with that, but there's been a lot of it. But thank you for preaching the word, and thank you for sticking to it, and thank you for even making an invitation, because people need the Lord. And you'll see how... Christ defends it in verse 37. It says, Thus saith he unto his disciples, The harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are full. 
verse 38 says, Pray therefore that the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. Please note, it's not a mistake. It says the harvest is truly plenteous, but laborers are full. And then it doesn't say, then send forth laborers into the field. It says, the Lord of the harvest to send forth laborers in the field. In other words, the harvest is plenty. That's compassion. That's how Christ saw it. The harvest is precious. But he's also concerned that the harvest is perishing. People need the Lord. And heaven is counting on you to make that difference. Heaven is counting on you not only to, be mo to move, but to be moved. Do something. Start praying and asking God, do something this year that I'm not used to. Do it again, Lord, because you're more than able. I was blown away with an illustration that I had a few days ago. And the illustration is, just imagine that you are at a place and you need to leave immediately because based on the circumstances. And then they tell you that the place you're going is full of landmines. It's dangerous. If you don't walk carefully, you're going to perish. And as you are scared and wondering, what should I do? Then someone comes and they hand you a manual. And they tell you, we want you to move, but read the manual. The manual will help you to know how to navigate. The manual will help you to get on this. The manual will help you to bring your family carefully to place of safety. You know what? The moment you're born in this world, you need to be reminded you are not at home. All of us are headed to heaven. And as we go through this world, there'll be landmines. Things will be bad as we move. But God left us a manual. And the more we stay in his word, the more we know how to navigate. And the more we get our families and friends on the other side of safety, safely, it is going to take you being bold. You can't play safe. You have to be bold. Are you going to be moved? Shall we pray?